The Lord spoke to me and told me some things. He said, you'll begin to write with a new anointing. And through the music and through the singing as you minister forth, my anointing will flow out from you. Those who believe that and receive that anointing will be healed in their body. Financial need will be met. Harmony will come to the home. The yoke of bondage will be broken because it's the anointing that breaks the yoke. I'm David Engels, and this is the Hour of Anointing. It's 
Did you know that we're the seed of Abraham? God's covenant with Abraham is our covenant. When God looked at Abraham, he not only saw Abraham, he saw you, he saw me. God saw us reigning in life as kings. In Galatians 3, verse 29, this is God's word to you and to me. And if ye be Christ, that means if we have received Christ as Lord, then are ye Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. The word grace appears approximately 40 times in the Old Testament, and it appears approximately 150 times in the New Testament. Grace is undeserved favor or unmerited favor, something that you didn't work to get. It's something that is given, and it's the foundation of the Christian life. I'm going to read a couple of scriptures regarding grace, 1 Corinthians 5 and verse 10. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace, which was bestowed upon me, was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. So Paul, writing to the Corinthians, he says, I labored more abundantly through the grace and by the grace of God which was with me. So grace is given to us. And he says, I am what I am. Another scripture that we want to read is Romans 5 and 17. For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. When Paul greeted the churches, he began most of the time by saying, Grace be unto you, and peace from God our Father, and from the Lord Jesus Christ. And usually he closed his letters by writing, The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Paul knew that the believers needed the grace of God to live out the gospel in their daily lives. The life of Joseph beautifully exemplifies the grace of God. Joseph was the eleventh son of his father, Jacob, and he was his favorite child, that is Jacob's favorite child, being born when Jacob was ninety years old. The father's favoritism aroused the envy of the older brothers until they sold Joseph into slavery. As a young slave in Egypt, Joseph was soon discovered by Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, who gave him charge of all of his house. Just put him in charge. And here's the scripture from Genesis 39. And the Lord was with Joseph, and he was a prosperous man, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. And Joseph found grace in Potiphar's sight, and he served him, and he made him overseer over his house, and all that he had. And due to false accusations, Joseph was put in prison then, but he soon gained the confidence of the jailer, and eventually all the prisoners were committed to his charge. So it just shows you that even if you fall into some kind of a temptation or some kind of a challenge, that God can bring you out again. I like that song that says, I don't know how, I don't know when, but God will do it again. God enabled Joseph to interpret prophetic dreams for Pharaoh. Then God gave him the wisdom to recommend a plan for the salvation of Egypt. God told him how to save produce for the coming years of famine. Joseph was placed in charge of the royal granaries and was made an official, next in rank to the king himself. 
The famine came, as Joseph had predicted, and it affected the whole world. God had placed Joseph in a position to provide food for his brothers, who had sold him into slavery. When the brothers of Joseph came to Egypt to buy grain, Joseph was their only supply. He forgave his brothers and invited them to live in the land of Egypt. Joseph, his brothers, and all that generation died, but the Israelites were fruitful and multiplied greatly so that the land was filled with them. Then a new king, who did not know Joseph, came to power in Egypt. He feared their number and put slave masters over all the Israelites. The more they oppressed, the more they multiplied and spread. Eventually, every newborn boy was to be thrown into the river. Before his death, Joseph had spoken a promise to his brothers, Genesis 50. And Joseph said to his brethren, I die, and God will surely visit you and bring you out of this land unto the land which he sware to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. The psalmist said of the Lord in Psalm 34, The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous, and his ears are open to their cry. When God encourages his people to seek his face, he's urging them to live in such a way that his eyes can be turned in their direction. This is what happened to the children of Israel. God heard their cry. At this time Moses was born. His mother hid him for three months in order to save his life. When she could no longer hide him, she placed him in an ark of bulrushes, put him among the reeds of the river's bank, and he was taken by the king's daughter to the palace, and his own mother became his nurse. Being the adopted son of a princess of a nation that was unsurpassed in civilization by any people in the world, Moses was instructed in all the wisdom of the Egyptians. Then years later, Moses visited his own people and observed them in bondage of slavery. He saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, and in anger, he killed the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. When Pharaoh heard this, he tried to kill Moses, but Moses fled to Midian. There he lived for 40 years learning the ways of the wilderness, its resources, and its climate. God was preparing Moses to spend the next 40 years in the wilderness with the Israelites. It was here that he saw the burning bush, and the Lord spoke to him, Exodus 3. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt, and have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. And I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians, and to bring them up out of that land into a good land and a large place, unto a land flowing with milk and honey. God gave specific instructions through Moses for each household of Israel to sacrifice one spotless lamb to place the blood of that lamb on the doorpost of their house. The blood of the lamb was a sign for the death angel to pass over that house. The sacrifice is known as the Passover. Exodus 12, And the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where you are, and when I see the blood I will pass over you, and the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. God, through Moses, with God's grace, brought deliverance to his people. The Lord Jesus Christ came to earth and offered himself as our sacrificial lamb. It was at the cross, the shedding of the blood of the spotless lamb of God, where the grace of God was offered not to one man, not to just one nation, but to everyone who would receive him. Romans 5.15 from the Amplified says, But God's free gift is not at all to be compared to the trespass. His grace is out of all proportion to the fall of man. For if many died through one man's falling away, his lapse, his offense, much more profusely 
did God's grace and the free gift that comes through the undeserved favor of the one man Jesus Christ abound and overflow to and for the benefit of many. You know, the Bible teaches us that all men died spiritually when Adam sinned. God, through Jesus Christ, brings life to all who will receive him. His grace is out of all proportion to the fall of man. The first Adam was made a living soul. The last Adam, Jesus, was made a life-giving spirit. Oh, thank God for the grace of God. God's grace. If you be Christ, then are you Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. And God's grace is upon you. You've been listening to The Hour of Anointing. To order David Ingalls' products, including music CDs and downloads, soundtracks and songbooks, call us toll-free at 1-877-34-RADIO or visit us online at diministries.org. And while you're there, check out audio archives of past programs, including today's broadcast. Our mailing address is David Ingalls Ministries, P.O. Box 1924, Tulsa, Oklahoma, 74101. When writing, please include an offering for radio time along with the call letters of this station. Tune in weekdays at this same time for the Hour of Anointing with David Ingalls.